0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today.
1: And away we go. Fantasy Sports Today, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY. Dan Trapper, George Kurtz with you. The next two hours, getting ready for week number seven in the NFL. George, how are you on this Saturday morning? So far,
2: so good. I was not a Chubb winner. How about that? Okay, so I'm not perfect. You know, uh, playing, I think it was eight leagues. Check them all. No Nick Chubb for me.
1: There is uh, one of those moments where that player comes available in fantasy football and everyone runs the waiver. Ah, uh, whether you're Fab or even just straight waivers or or first come first serve, um, and you see see it happen on Twitter, uh, you see people freak out about it, and this this is where we'll start off the show talking about that Carlos Hyde trade to Jacksonville, and the the fallout there in Cleveland. I'm of the mind, George, that there was no indication that Nick Chubb was going to get significant time this season. Now you can point to. Uh, other backs, uh, rookie backs or, or young backs that have been brought along slowly. I just don't trust Hugh Jackson. And that's honestly where, where I come down on. I'm not really knowing what Chubb was going to do. So in a 12-team redraft league three weeks ago, if Chubb was out there on the waiver wire and you're looking back as as our, our buddy uh, Steve G over there on Twitter is, I, I see that as, hey, you, you were doing what you were doing to try to win that week and trying to predict out that Nick Chubb would be a lead back three weeks later because of a trade. Is a very hard thing to do, Um, but now we're here, and it does seem as though Chubb should be. uh, The way they've used Duke Johnson has been limited. Uh, Chubb has shown, obviously, that one big game, three carries over 100 yards, that he has the skill set that could be uh, successful in the NFL, but I want to start on the other side of it, actually. How concerned are you about Leonard Fournette that the Jacksonville Jaguars went out and picked up yet another running back to pair with TJ Yeldon? Uh, do you think this is a more significant injury to to Fournette and Fournette owners should be a, a little bit scared about what could come next?
2: Well, I think you have to be. We're, we're sort of reading tea leaves here, right? Why go out and acquire another back? Granted, it was cheap, like a Jai last year. This was cheap, fifth round pick. You know, I think when Adam Shutter reported it yesterday, and uh, you know, I see it on Twitter right away. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the compensation. And you know, you're going through your mind what it what it could possibly be. You know, third round pick, you know, maybe a conditional, you know, and fifth round pick. Really? That's it. You know, I know NFL teams uh, guard their picks like it's state gold, but come on, the fifth round pick. You got Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I mean, you're going to make that deal over time. So I was surprised it was that cheap. Because the first thing that went through my mind, Dan, was oh, Fournette must be really hurt. For them yep. to acquire another running back. Because you think about it, all right, you're playing Sunday, right? You got a game Sunday, you got a game next week, but then you got to buy. You know, I would think, worst case scenario, you're only missing, Fournette's only missing two more games. And right now, I might hold him out two more games no matter what. Even if I thought he was going to be healthy, to, uh, if I was Doug Marone, I thought he was healthy enough to play next week, I'm holding him out. Yep. You know, you're pretty much a month's rest now. But you're you quite hard. You know, it makes me think there's something, well, they they either Fournette's gonna, going to be out longer than we think, or they don't believe he can stay healthy. And maybe that's the, that's the case. Where he, yeah, he'll be healthy, but he's injury prone. He's going to get banged up again. And now they're covering their bases there. Uh, but then you think, you know, cheap price. So it didn't matter anyway. It's still a good player here. Maybe they're worried about Yeldon. He can't stay healthy either. Or he's just not very good. You know, it could be a combination of all of this. And right now, I think they, one thing they do realize, realize that Bortles can't get it done. Yeah, you know, he's, right. he's not one of these quarterbacks who can win a game without a running game. He needs a strong running game uh, to get it done. Yeah, you know, Jacksonville, listen, in my mind, I said it last year. They screwed up by signing borders and not going out and getting a free agent quarterback, specifically Kirk Cousins. You know, I, I said it many times in these shows. I thought they should have gone out with that defense, with a good running game, go out and get the best quarterback. You know, not that I'm the best quarterback available is what I should say, and that's what Kirk Cousins was. I thought they made a huge mistake not making a stronger play for him.
1: It's uh, I think all that makes a ton of sense. I, so everyone knows, pretty straightforward here. TJ Yeldon still in play this week, but as we go forward. Uh, Yeldon and Hyde should conceivably split carries, uh, and that takes away from the bell cow nature of Yeldon while he fills in 4-4 uh, net, which is going to hurt his season-long perspective and, and his DFS perspective. On the other side, I'll say again, I don't fully trust you, Jackson. I don't fully trust that this is going to be the the Nick Chubb show from here on out. Duke Johnson's still in that backfield. I know he hasn't been utilized, but this feels like the the fantasy football gods will have Duke Johnson go 20 carries and 10 targets next game just to really screw with everyone's brains. But where do you put Chubb in sort of rankings or, or projections rest of season? Uh, does he Is he the difference maker? Is he the guy that when we look back at uh, the end of the season, look at teams that won championships or made it to the playoffs, the acquisition of Nick Chubb will really uh, be one of the determining factors there?
2: Well, I mean, you look at it. What's the worst-case scenario? Running back two? That's pretty much what the worst-case scenario is. High end and high end running back two at that. Uh, starting running back just became available, which we just don't see. Uh, in fantasy, we just don't see this very often. But it's, uh, this is why all of us were scrambling towards the waiver wire yesterday. I imagine the first thing I did when I heard is I checked all my leagues. By any chance, is he out there? And he wasn't. And he was drafted in all leagues. That's why he—, uh, he he wasn't a gift because he was on someone's team there, but whose team he's on got did get a gift, so good for you. Uh, I think he's a high-end running back, too, no matter uh, almost baseline. You know, Is there a chance he can go a little uh, better and end up becoming running back one? Sure. Could he get be worse? Absolutely. The Cleveland schedule is not all that daunting where you're worried about them uh, playing strong run defense. I mean, hell, they're playing Tampa Bay tomorrow. You know, and that's a great matchup there. So uh, good for Chubb and good for his owners because I think he just got a gift.
1: We have another injury that could lead, uh, could have led to some waiver wire pickups with Marshawn Lynch out for uh, what is said to be a month. Could be longer, could be somewhat shorter, but uh that brings up the question of another coach that I don't trust at all, and John Gruden. I think you're sensing a trend here, but uh what they'll do in the backfield there in Oakland. Um, what do you think? Who who emerges there? Uh you have a couple of different choices. Do you think we see the better athlete, the better skill set? Or do we see the veteran uh, who uh, has had uh, effusive praise over the course of summer camp from the head coach?
2: Well, I mean, with Oakland, you think this. All right, uh, Yeah, it looks like Lynch is out at least a month, which means they're a this week. it will be two weeks. Maybe he misses two games, assuming they're telling the truth. I've also heard rumors that he can go on IR. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, Martin, more your traditional back. Jalen Richard, PPR back. The problem is this. What hurts Martin is... Does anyone not think Oakland's going to be trailing in most games? Right. Bad team. Uh, Churchill's back, not going to run the ball that much. Can't run when you're down 17 points in the third quarter. So that means Jalen Richard. PPR, uh, I think Richard is more valuable. He's the guy I'd want. He'll catch some passes. I'm not dying for either one, mind you. I mean, most weeks, depending on matchups, maybe one is a low end running back, too. But I think they're both more more flex guys. I think Jalen Richard's a poor man's three Cohen. You know, that kind of a James White. that You know, cats and balls out of the backfield but nowhere near as dynamic. So that's what you're looking at there. And once the buys are over, I don't think you'd want either one of these guys. Uh, they both have value. Starting running backs have value. You know, what's the joke I like to say? Any uh, running back with a pulse has value. It's fancy. We don't have enough bye weeks are coming, and we're getting more and more teams on bye each week. So they have value, but it's not immense. Uh, once again, should you be running out to your waiver wire? Absolutely. I, I did again. I play in a lot of deep leagues. Any running back is, uh, has value. And I was able to get Martin andor Richard in a, a league or two. So that made me feel a little better. a little better last night, but not perfect because I couldn't get Chubb. Uh, so, yes, I'd want in a PPR, Dan, I'm going at the Richards first. I think he's the guy I want there. Martin would be a fullback.
1: It makes sense to me. Uh, don't forget there is a... London game that is not in line with the 1 p.m. So it's a 9.30 start on Sunday morning, Tennessee and the Chargers. So setting lineups, you have anybody in those games, just keep that back of mind to make sure you're not caught Uh, a little bit. uh, Surprised there, obviously. Uh, Let's talk about Mike McCoy. Now, many, many people have uh, pointed out that the offensive coordinator and the offensive game plan out there in Arizona has not looked to utilize their best asset, David Johnson, the way we've seen in the past. Getting him outside, plenty of targets, lots of runs up the middle, lots of runs between the tackles, uh, and there have been many, not just fantasy analysts, but football fans and football analysts who have been calling for McCoy to be fired. And it's funny because he's he's done a decent job in different stops. Uh, I, obviously, with um, the time with the Chargers, I just... I don't know what to make of, of the way they're running out this offense if Byron Leftwich is really going to make a huge difference because of the lack of talent on that offensive line. What do you think, though, about David Johnson rest of season? Is this a guy that you think is going to bounce back and have a second half that mimics his previous outputs? Or, or is this just such a bad team that while he may get some better play calls, he's still going to struggle to be as dynamic as we've seen in the past?
2: I mean, listen, McCoy is the scapegoat. We all, uh, I assume most of us watched that game Thursday night. That was an abomination. Uh, I mean, that that was just terrible how bad uh, the Cardinals looked. Uh, but he's a scapegoat. Now, I do agree that not getting the ball to David Johnson on the outside is a joke. You know, whether it's on sweeps or you're know, throwing the ball to him, what are you doing? I mean, he's your only offensive talent on that team, and you're not getting on the ball. That made no sense. So that alone it could be a fireable offense. But other than that, I mean, where's the talent on this team? I mean, really, where's the talent? You got a rookie quarterback with no one to throw to. Fitzgerald's a shell of his Hall of Fame self. You know, Christian Kirk, okay, looks like he could be a nice wide receiver too, one day. You know, they don't have a tight end. Ricky Seal Jones, blah. You know, uh, the offensive line is putrid. And uh, where's the talent? I don't know if Don Coryell could have done anything with this team, with his offense. I really don't. So, uh, you know, for you young listeners, he's a you know very top offensive coordinator back in the day and head coach. Uh, I just don't know way of a talent is, what anybody could have done. But once again, we see this all the time. Who gets fired first? The coordinators, because you know, crying, everyone's crying for blood. And you're going to fire the coordinator first, and then generally the coach is next. Uh, Granted, it's early. <laughs> Just, uh, what, seven games to his tenure, but that's generally the way these things go. But I don't know if anybody could have done anything different right now. This team is a, uh, a vast wasteland, as far as offense is concerned here. But you played poorly. National TV. Got 10-day break. Someone's going to pay the price. McCoy did.
1: So uh, do, do you think we get anything more out of David Johnson, or is it, it is what it is at this point? It's just going to be uh, sort of RB2 stat line from an RB1 talent.
2: Oh, I mean, Byron Leftwich has taken over, and uh, he's never been a coordinator anywhere before, never called plays before. Uh, but he is somebody that a lot of people were considering up-and-comer, that he was going to be the next big thing. So I guess you know, it can't get any worse, right? It can't get any worse. You have to think. They'll get the ball to David Johnson. The problem is, you know, and this is what I saw, you know, getting a lot of questions last week, uh, whether it be on the Roto Expert Slack channel or my Twitter or whatever, radio shows, about, you know, the Broncos, hey, they would give it back to back 200 plus yards rushing to running backs. You know, David Johnson's going to have a big week. It was like, well, no, because, yeah, granted, you know, uh, the Jets, Crowell had over 200 plus yards against the Broncos, and then, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley goes bananas. Gurley's in a class of his own anyway. But the problem is, say it again, you don't know, think the Broncos knew that the only offensive weapon they were worried about was David Johnson? So they're going to have eight men in the box all the time. They're going to have somebody looking. They're always going to be looking to stop Johnson and force anybody else to beat them. This wasn't the same situation there. So uh, I have to think they're going to have the offensive game plan. There should be two offensive game plans for the Cardinals. One, yeah. getting Rosen to be better, right? I mean, uh, building him up for the years to come. This season's gone. So all you want to do is, uh, you know, I, I guess extend or accelerate his learning. Do whatever is best for him. Second, the offense has to revolve around Johnson. I mean, revolve around him. He's not running. He should be probably first look on most pass plays. Get the ball to him in space. I mean, this is not genius here. You know, maybe genius had to get him open, but it's not a genius as far as what you want to do with the football. You want to get it to Johnson. He is your playmaker there. Use
1: him. Pretty crazy. It's just, uh, and I know a very frustrating experience for fantasy owners, for Cardinals fans um, to to, uh, have probably gone, what, top six pick for David Johnson, maybe top eight, depending on the kind of league you're in. Uh, I don't remember exactly what his ADP was when the season started, but you are languishing there uh, when you're not getting the output. He has scored some touchdowns, which mitigates a little bit of uh, the hurt here from him not getting Uh, the ball in space and being able to do what he's done in in the past, but just not nearly uh, that big upside we've seen from David Johnson to uh, point out and sort of drive home George's point about the Arizona Cardinals offensive line over at profootballfocus.com. And this is a a free in front of the paywall uh, article. Uh, They break down each week the offensive line rankings. And the Cardinals currently ranked 31st out of 32 teams. The Houston Texans are only ranked behind them. And uh, the article points out, that their center, uh, Mason Cole, has given up 13 pressures allowed on the season. That's second most among centers in the NFL. So uh, th- that's the one point they chose to to highlight here. Uh, but it has just been a, a, an abysmal offensive line. And we talked about it at length, that when you have a running back, great, mediocre, poor, an offensive line can can do a lot to make a poor running back look good, A good running back look great, and a great running back look untouchable. And so here you have David Johnson really struggling uh, behind this offensive line. We have a lot to get to here on this show. As always, we're going to go game by game in Week 7, break down who should start, who should sit. Uh, We'll look at that London game first on the other side of this upcoming break, and we'll be sure uh, to break that one down for you so you can make some early decisions there. We have a pullout. Favorite QB for a GPP talking, of course, DFS there. Uh, we have four choices. If someone uh, you like is not listed there, feel free to reply. Cam Newton comes to mind as somebody not listed, but plenty uh, to get to here on this show. As always, find us over on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. We'll open up the phone lines in the second hour, 844-843-6879. Find George on Twitter, at George Kurtz. Find me, at Dan Strafford. Plenty to get to here on Fantasy Sports Today, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FNTSY. Playing daily fantasy sports, but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entry. Try the props builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, get to the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. If you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So, George, we kick off our week seven look ahead uh, with the London game, which uh, has the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers minus 7 here and over-under set at 45 to open the week and has not uh, moved from there. Interestingly, both teams have moved slightly with uh, Tennessee going up by a quarter of a point, Chargers going down by a quarter of a point. The spread has uh, shifted by minus uh, 0.5, so 6.5 for the Chargers, I should say. This game is one that, again, may be off a lot of people's radars if you're more of a DFS player because it's not on the main slate of uh, DraftKings or FanDuel. Uh, but one that obviously has some pieces that may be worthwhile from a season-long perspective, as each and every game gives us something. What do you got here? Is this a game that uh, has some pieces you have on rosters, and, and what do you think are, are the proper starts uh, in this contest?
2: I wonder if the Chargers have a better home field advantage here than they do when they play in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's the first thing that comes through my mind here. Uh, games in England, so uh, remember everybody set your lineups tomorrow early, 9.30 start. Uh, Eastern time, that is. So, uh, once again, make sure you check your lineups uh, and your league rules. Does everyone have to be set by 9.30 or just your Chargers and Titan players? So, uh, check that. Uh, Different leagues have different rules there. Uh, For what I I like the England starts when they uh, start at 9.30. You know, I don't mind waking up. uh, I Generally, I get up at 9 o'clock on a uh, a football Sunday anyway, so I'll get up at 8. You know, hit the gym and then start my day. So, I kind of enjoy these games.
1: Oh, look at you hit the gym. Look at this guy.
2: I am married with children, Dan. Okay? The only free time I have each day is that hour at the gym. Where I can read you. uh you know it. look at this the music, read a paper, do a little workout and feel good about myself. And then go home like have an egg sandwich and kill that, you know, eggs bacon. <laughs> uh and, and feel good about eating that too. Uh, so that's how yeah, that, it is how I start my uh actually how I start most days. So uh yay me. Uh, so I so I enjoy it. You know, you know, you watch the game, you watch your if you, whatever pregame show you like. For me, uh, I tend to watch the ESPN shows more the uh, fantasy football now than uh, countdown. I think they just give better information. But uh, so that's how I do it. And Titans charges England. Mm. Generally, the games in England are aren't offensive showcases. You know, the field is really not up the NFL standards. It gets chewed up pretty easily. Uh, it's also damp and wet and shocking. I know it rains in England a lot. So the field generally isn't in the greatest of shape. That always worries me here. Uh, still, uh, Chargers are the better team here. I wonder if Chargers might be the starting to become the best team in the AFC, especially with uh, Joey Bosa coming back, looks like, uh, about somewhere in November, two weeks. So uh, good for them. Maybe after the bye week for them. Who are you starting here? I mean, really, oh, you're starting. Really you starting Gordon. You know that. You don't need me to say that. Right. You're not starting. You're starting Keenan Allen too. So it really comes down to everybody else. You know, I think Mike Williams is a better receiver than Ty Williams, but Rivers seems to prefer throwing to Ty. That doesn't mean really Ty. That he's. Yeah, you know, draftable. Tennessee Titans have a good defense. I'm not starting either Williams this week. Uh, I almost I'm almost never starting Williams. Uh Mike Williams. Ty Williams, he does have some interest for in me sometimes as a flex. Depends on what else is on my roster. Maybe you're crushed with the buys. In the what case, in which case, you will always start players that we say not to. But in a vacuum, I'm not starting either Williams. Certainly not starting Antonio Gates unless really desperate. Yeah, uh, unless you get a touchdown from him, he's worthless. As far as Tennessee is concerned. Uh 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 Deion Lewis, okay PPR. I'll start Deion Lewis. I can't see myself having better backs, uh two or three better backs than him. That's it. Uh, is Henry the biggest bust this year? You no, know, he's certainly top five fantasy LVP. You know, fourth round back who's done nothing, and I mean nothing, this season. Uh, Corey Davis. I mean, I don't know if it's him. Is it Marcus Mariota? He's regressed. There's no- nobody I want in this passing game. I mean, nobody. The only person I consider here is Deion Lewis. That's right. it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. That's the one in the pass game. If you assume this is um, a game where Tennessee will be trailing, uh, that you would want Deion Lewis, because of the disparity in targets over the course of the season, uh, pretty clear-cut that he is the pass catching back here. Uh, and Henry's just been really disappointing. Uh, do, how many sacks can we predict for this uh, Chargers defense? Or are we talking... Double digits following up on those 11 sacks last week by the Ravens, or do you think more like a five to eight uh, range is probably what we'll see? Well, I'm going to
2: take the under on the 11. I'll take my sure, chances sure. there and feel feel pretty good about it. Uh, they'll, I mean, I think Mario will be harassed. I mean, he, he'll be harassed. Uh, but I think they'll fix the offensive line somewhat. Maybe they'll go with Max Protect because that's a joke. All right, that's just a joke when you get sacked 11 times. I know the Ravens have a good defense. It's not that good. Right, there's not four Lawrence Tamils on that defense. So uh, that that shouldn't happen. Uh, so they'll fix it somewhat. And, you know, Dan, we're making fun of the Titans. They're yes, in first are. place. They're in first place. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I I said that, I think, two weeks ago. Well, I was not sure how they were, were sitting, I think, three and two at the time. I This is one of those... Hope and pray they get to 8-8, and I think, at this point. This is just a bad football team. I haven't looked at uh, the rest of their season schedule, but it does point out this AFC South is a bit uh, of a mess. Uh, Mentioned that the Texans have the the worst offensive line in football, according to Pro Football Focus. You have the Jaguars, who we discussed with the Fournette uh, injury and and bringing in Carlos Hyde. Indianapolis Colts seem to be dead and buried at the bottom of that division. Can a uh, team—this is an 8-8 and division. I think eight and eight wins this division when all is said and done, um, which is pretty crazy to see, but I don't see any of these teams really making a run uh, to separate themselves from the back. So maybe the Tennessee Titans are a playoff team, George, maybe they are a playoff team. uh, And how about parody in the NFL? Um, I'm with you there. I think uh, you mentioned Dion Lewis. That's the one uh, big one for me here uh, on Tennessee side. You made the point on, on the Chargers side, obviously Rivers and Gordon and uh, Keenan Allen are all part of uh, your regular starts here without uh, much concern. Um, any interest uh, from a, a line perspective doesn't seem, what is it, six and a half uh, in favor of the Chargers. Feels like this could be pretty easily a 27-10 game uh, in favor of Los Angeles. Do you like the, the minus six and a half uh, over there in England? I think you have to. I
2: mean, where are the points coming from uh, for the Titans? You know, where, are they, where are they coming from? I mean, the running game is blah. Passing game is blah. Defense is good, but not, you know, When i took not 2,000 Ravens good. We're going to keep the Chargers at 10, 14 points. Chargers are going to score, I mean, 20 points easy. You know, and I think it will be more like 24, 27. Therefore, where's the points for Tennessee coming? You know, Chargers are a good team. As mentioned, I think they might be the best team in the AFC overall by the end of the year. They're coming into their own now, and they're going to get better with Joey Bosa. So they're getting healthy. So, uh Yeah. I'll take the points. Give me. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll. Uh, I'll give the points. Give me the charges.
1: Yeah, I think it's Chargers and the under is how uh, how this one shakes out for me. 45 over under seems like a stretch again because where's Tennessee getting points from? Where where are they actually? Uh, gonna score here so I would take the minus six and a half and the and under and, and we've talked about it many times over betting the under isn't nearly as fun uh, because you're sweating till the end of the game because of garbage time and the way these NFL games seem to shake out but uh, I think that is the way to go on this one uh, no real contest well I mean there are contests you can find from a DFS perspective to get some of these players in but it's not a game that I'm necessarily chasing uh, to want to have uh, in any DFS contest so we'll Let that go uh, and uh, move on. Up next, uh, we'll go... Let's go to Jets-Vikings next. Uh, So this is a game that has a 46 over-under. It's opened at 46.5. The Vikings are minus 3.5 favorite, opened at minus 3. They've had an implied total whole week of 24.75. The Jets have dropped from 21.75 to 21.25. Obviously, uh, this is a Minnesota defense that George has not lived up to the hype. Uh, they've lost a good deal of their defensive line to injury and to uh, personal issues uh, over the course of the season. Uh, it's one that uh, could be susceptible to the past game here, but you are talking about a rookie quarterback on the other side. It's Sam Darnold, one that's shown the ability to get it done. He, he's making passes that uh, have been compared to not other rookie quarterbacks, but more seasoned veterans. Um, how do you see this one? This is a, an interesting one overall. Uh, Vikings much better against the run than the pass. Jets probably can shift between both. Do, do you see the Jets' offensive players as viable here, or do you think this is a week that the Vikings defense gets back on track?
2: Well, when it comes to the Jets, not big on the running game. The, the Vikings, defense as you mentioned, hasn't been as good as we expected, but the run defense has been. So uh, I am uh, I have no problem I'm not saying sit Crowell and Powell because once again you have four teams on bye, tough to do that. But make sure there's no one better on your roster to start off. I don't see big games coming from either one of those two, so that's my problem. There you can throw on Minnesota, but Enuma's out, got the ankle injury. Pryor looks like he's not going to play. You know that leaves Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse, and Curse is a pickup this week because once again PPR leagues, I think he'll get his share of passes, his share of targets, catch five, six balls, get some yards, maybe he gets into the end zone. So I do like Curse this week. I just think he'll do some damage there. That's really it. You know, I'm not starting. I'm not starting Sam Donald. He wouldn't be the streamer I'd love to get if, uh, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Ben that are out. I think there are better streamers out there. You know, Andy Dalton, uh, Baker Mayfield. There's a bunch of uh, quarterbacks you can get. Quarterback is deep. I think you can do better than Donald this week. But I do think they're going to throw the ball a lot. You know, but I also think Donald's going to make some mistakes. There'll be some picks. Maybe even a pick six wouldn't shock me here. Uh, The Minnesota defense is playing better. Pass defense is playing better than it was the first couple weeks of the season. So I'd be careful here. is the one guy uh, outside of Robbie Anderson that I'm interested in starting in this passing game. But bottom line is I'm worried about the run game. And for Minnesota, listen, (laughs) Cook is out again, which I think if you own Cook and Murray, you're thrilled. All right? Because you don't want to take a chance. You start Cook and he has 10 snaps and he's done. So Cook is out. Fine. You start Murray. Uh, if you don't own uh if you just own Cook and not Murray, well, that sucks for you. Uh I don't know what's going on with Cook. Yeah. Well it does. You know, it's not, I'm just here to tell the truth, Dan. I'm not gonna well, shoot record anything. I appreciate that. Sucks for you. Uh, I mean, this guy, once again, fantasy bust. You know, one of the bigger bigger busts this year. Maybe he turns it on in the second half, he gets healthy. We see what happens here. But every week we're hearing the same thing. You know, he comes in, oh he's gonna play. But Monday and Tuesday he's going to play. By Thursday, Friday he's not. Yeah, and maybe maybe Minnesota is taking an abundance of caution. Maybe he could have played, but they feel you know what? We'll keep going to give him rest. We want to make sure he's healthy for the second half, the stretch run, all that. Uh, You have to wonder now. Yeah, they play New Orleans next week. That's a big game. Then Detroit. It's another big game. Then a bye week. You know, is he sitting out the next three games? The next three weeks, and then gets healthy for uh, at Chicago in week uh, week eleven. That's what I'm wondering right now. So uh, it's a concern. Uh, Murray is a start for me in this game. Absolutely starts for me. And then again, you have your normal uh, Vikings that, that start every week. Cousins, Thielen, who may be the best receiver in football. Uh, Diggs always starts. Rudolph always starts.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I, same analysis uh, for me from the slot receivers. It's Jermaine Kirsten, and Adam Thielen are probably two of my favorite. DFS plays this week uh, when it comes to this game. I think the matchup for Curse is fine. I know the injuries in the secondary over there for Minnesota have opened up some holes uh, in the slot, uh, so uh, I I like Curse a lot with the potential. You mentioned five. I, I think this is a, a double-digit target game for Curse with potential double-digit receptions, just simply because of of the matchup and and what we'll see out of Sam Darnold. Uh, and then on the other side. It's so much fun to watch Adam Thielen play football. It's fun to watch this offense play with Stefan Diggs on the other side. And then you do talk about someone like Laquan Treadwell, who's on, on this team. And you've got so many pieces uh, that can do big things. Cal Rudolph thrown into the mix there as well. Uh, so I think Thielen is a lock in cash games for me uh, in DFS, just simply because of the volume and the target share he gets. And this Jets defense should be... Uh, one that they can pick apart pretty well from the slot. So I like Thielen a lot, and I love uh, Jermaine Curse this week uh, from the Jets' side of the ball. Let's uh, continue. Any uh, wagering here, I, I don't think it's one that I'm overly comfortable um, with either the over-under or the spread. I think the Jets could hang in this one, could even win this one uh, if the Vikings' defense uh, has uh, similar struggles against the pass that we've seen. Do you have any inkling here uh, on any of these spreads or over-unders uh, in this contest?
2: I do wish the uh, over-under was about a point, point and a half, to, you know, one to two points lower. Man,
1: I'd be a lot happier if
2: it was at 44. Because I, I think it's going over. I do. I think it's going to be a, somewhat of a high-scoring game because both teams are going to have to throw. And like I said, I, I pick six, I wouldn't shock me people. Coming. I, I'm just, I'm feeling it for some reason tomorrow in this game here. Uh, the Vikings are the better team. Uh, I wish it was at home for them. i feel better than the points. Where I'd be a couple of points higher. I have, uh, as you mentioned, I don't feel strongly about this, but I would have the Vikings and the over.
1: That makes sense, and I like I, as we talk through these uh, games, George and I, are looking at what we would do personally. Uh, obviously, try to give uh, an indication of where we feel more confident uh, in what we'd be doing, and obviously at the end, also talk to George about what uh, wagers he's made already or what he will be blocking in. So, uh, this is one that would be low down on the totem pole for me of uh, ones I'm locking in or ones that I really want to make more just to take here uh, that I do think this game shoots out from a DFS perspective. I'm going to have uh, a few pieces here, so. Um, the over would come into play a little bit more for me uh, when looking through that. Okay, let's go next. Uh, Let's see, as we go around the NFL looking for the good games, the ones we want uh, to uh, tackle and make sure uh, we talk about. Let's go to New England and Chicago, uh, where uh, I'm sure you saw Bill Belichick was asked about Khalil Mack. Uh, and uh, someone mentioned Lawrence Taylor in the same breath and got probably the most animated reaction you're going to get from Bill Belichick uh in smacking that down Um and saying, let's, let's not go there. We're, we're Lawrence Taylor's in a, a, a league of his own when it comes to defensive players and, and went on from there. Patriots are four and two. They are tied with uh, the Miami Dolphins for first place in the AFC East. Chicago is three and two there in the NFC North uh with um a tie with both the Packers and the Vikings, who we just uh, discussed. Well, I guess you have the ties there for the Packers and the Vikings. Um, offense could be uh, big here for both sides. Uh, we, you mentioned Tariq Cohen earlier. He's had a, a nice run over the past couple of weeks with targets. Uh, the Patriots defense is not one that really needs to be feared uh, quite yet this season. What do you got in this game?
2: All right. Uh, first of all, Khalil Mack is questionable. So speaking of yes. the, you know the Lawrence Taylor, uh, which was a silly comparison by the way, Taylor's an old, uh, an old world player, uh, once in uh, maybe a lifetime kind of player. Uh, so I wouldn't compare him with the two either. Uh, so we don't know if Khalil Mack's going to play. So either way, he, he won't be the Khalil Mack we expect him to be. Because if he was, he could take over this game. Uh, and even offensive line not the greatest. I mean, when you look at the Patriots, you know, Sony Michelle are starting. Uh, I know he's always listed as questionable on in the injury report. I think that's because of the knee uh, injury in the early in the year, but he's going to. You know, you're not going to really worry about that. I'm starting Michelle, starting James White. I know we're all pissed off at Gronk. I, I get it. One red zone target since week one. I'm pissed off at Gronk. You know, we're Brady not throwing to Gronk. All the offensive core, Josh McDaniels, we're not calling plays to Gronk. Whatever it might be, still starting him. So stop whining. You don't have a choice. There, Edelman starts. Josh Gordon probably starts I think he, I think he's only going to get better and better But never really be the player He could have been If he didn't have all these issues here So I think it's your normal starts there Chicago You mentioned Cohen We didn't mention Howard he, He's not as big a part of the game plan anymore He's a problem Burton goes here Alan Robertson uh, I, think, I know he's missed some practice time this week I think those are just veteran maintenance days He goes as well And Taylor Gabriel If you need a spot start He's someone you can think about as well A lot of
1: points in this game Getting through the 1 o'clock games here on Fantasy Sports Day. Coming back with more on the other side of the break. Don't forget to vote in the poll at FNTY Radio. This is a way to rock out. Good song here Uh, for Sean Engel. Behind the glass for George and I every Saturday morning here on Fantasy Sports today. uh, Doing a lot of the heavy lifting as always. I appreciate that and uh, deserves to call out for the excellent work on the ones and twos. Uh, George, as you were closing out the last segment, uh, talking through the pieces here, what do you make? And you you said uh, Jordan Howard seems to be less involved. I would say that Tariq Cohen's role has obviously expanded, and, and we can see uh, the touches growing and the targets growing. Are you confident that continues to happen, or do you see this just as game script or whatever you know phrases you want to use over the last two weeks that just happened to go his way? Or do you see a defining change in the way the Bears are approaching their run game and their pass game with Tariq Cohen?
2: Well the Bears punished Howard last week. He fumbled at the goal line, they punished him. Right. Also he didn't he didn't touch the ball. Uh then the good news <laughs> for Howard was Terry Cohen did the same damn thing. You know, that was and then Kenyon Drake did it for Miami. Let's fumble at the goal line day. I guess, you know, you get a fumble, you get a fumble, you get a fumble. <laughs> uh now I think there is something to what you said, game script. Yeah, maybe uh, that was the game plan. In Chicago, as the web was turning, and we're seeing it now in the northeast, weather's turning, you gotta be able to run the ball. You, you have to. You're not going to be able to throw the ball up and down the field. Tomorrow you probably have to because it's New England that's the way that uh, that game's going to play. But generally, you're going to have to get Howard more involved here. I mean, he looked great the first couple weeks of the season. He was catching balls out of the backfield. We were all excited. And I don't know if there's a, a player this year that's gone you know, the opposite direction faster than Howard has. We're now like, what the hell? You know, now I mean, he can't do anything right. And he can't right now. So it's a problem. Can you bench him? I mean, it comes down to who else is on your roster. You know, if you're asking me where I have him ranked, uh, I have him ranked as a running back three, a high-end running back three. We just flex play, man. Uh, but who can you start over him? I mean, I'm not going to start Frank Gore over him. You know, I'm not going to start uh, Eakler, Ito Smith, no. Uh, PPR leagues, Duke Johnson, Deion Lewis, Yes. You know, uh, Marlon Mack yes. Peyton Barber's close. I already said, Caro. I don't like this week. So he's, now he's in this mix. And he shouldn't be in this mix. That's what I'm trying to he should be. He's a better player than this. Right. But he is in this mix now, a guy with other guys. Cohen's going to steal some touches now. If How doesn't at least get the goal line touches, yeah? then we have some issues here. If they can't trust him at the goal line because they worry about him fumbling, that's going to kill his value. So I'm curious to see what they do tomorrow if they give him another
1: shot. Yep, this is sort of that make or break week, right? Where the trend becomes, a, or sorry, the pattern becomes a trend. Where if you get Cohen getting more touches and, and Howard's not getting those goal line touches like we, we've we seen in the past, that drastically changes his upside. When touchdown equity leaves the building, you're, you're sort of looking at a guy getting 5, 10, maybe 15 touches max and you need him to break one. And and predicting that out and trusting that becomes really, really difficult. You may mention to Rob Gronkowski in, It's been a rough year. Uh, He hasn't seen the volume per se and hasn't seen the red zone targets. You do have a Bears team, and this is uh, directly from Evan Silva's write-up over there on Roto-World, not pulling any punches. He he does an amazing job writing up each uh, game each week. But um, no tight end to face the Bears has so much as reached 50 yards this season. Although Chicago has given up a tight end touchdown in four straight weeks, they have used double teams against the tight end three times this year. So you may see a double team on Gronkowski. I'd love to predict a, a Gronkowski breakout here, especially at 6K over on DraftKings, but I I don't see it as the week. Uh, I see another week of uh, disappointing returns for Gronk, and, and thus the other pieces could shine here uh, for uh, the New England Patriots. You mentioned Gordon Edelman and, and the like, but James White is somebody I will go back to Week in, week out without uh, any uh, struggle. Uh, though, now that I look at it, I hadn't seen his price tag. Price tag up to 6900 on DraftKings. So no longer a cheap uh, alternative there on DK. More priced as a, a every down uh, play uh, for New England. Let's uh, move on to our next contest. Buffalo and Indy. Uh, can we skip this one, George? Can we just, can we just not talk about Buffalo and Indianapolis? Um, obviously, this is a mess. Um, there are pieces here that obviously are going to be starters in, in deeper leagues and in some season longs, but uh, what, what do you got here? Is this play some defenses and get out of town?
2: You make fun in a 16 team league. I was ecstatic to be able to grab Derek Anderson. Sure. uh, You know, I had Jimmy Garoppolo as my starter. Obviously he's done for the year. My backup's Derek Carr on by. So I needed a quarterback, and Nathan Peterman wasn't available, boys and girls. So uh, when they said uh, that Anderson was going to start, man, I just rushed to that waiver wire and placed that bid, and I uh, I was able to I won him. Very thankful for that. I'm thankful, you know, for any kind of points I can get there. So uh, yeah, in that kind of league, I'm starting Derek Anderson. I uh, starting Lashawn McCoy. Okay, we know that and even though he hasn't been great, still starting him. I you do wonder. Derek Anderson has had some chemistry. Has played with uh, Kelvin Benjamin in the past. Maybe. You know, the Indianapolis Colts are a terrible defense. So maybe – which brings up, by the way, the Indianapolis Colts. (laughs) I've gotten so many questions this week about streaming Indianapolis. I can't do it. I I mean, I just can't. I know the Buffalo Bills offense is not there. It's on a milk carton somewhere. But I don't know if I can stop the Colts defense. We know where the Colts defense is. It's in in terrible land. And they are – they're horrific. I I just don't know if I can pull that trigger against other teams out there. I mean – uh. I'm not saying these are questions I've gotten, but I would start the, certainly start the Chargers over them. No doubt in my mind. Uh, yep. Dallas, I would start over them. I'd probably start wa- – in that, that, that game, I might start Washington over them as well. I think that game's a you – know, when we get that, it's a 17-14 game. I'll take my chances down there. Uh, they're ever streaming defense. I, the bottom line is this. The Colts suck on defense. They do. It's just not there. Uh, are we banking that the, uh, the Bills' offense is that bad where we could start what might be a bottom-five defense? NFL defense, in a league over him. I can't do that in fantasy. I just can't do. it. I can't pull that trigger, Dan. I just can't. That's what the Colts. I mean, you know, T.Y. Hilton's back. you start. He's back. You're starting him. Eric Ebron. You're starting him. I prefer Mac over Hines. Chester Rogers. I mean, I just the volume's going to be there. We've seen it over and over again. The uh, the Colts can't run the ball consistently, so Luck has to throw the ball 50 times. That's not even a joke. It's about what he's averaging, 50 times a game. So the volume's going to be there for Rogers when he can catch the ball. This man, he has hands of stone. He puts grease on his hands instead of stick him. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but he drops way too many passes. But he, Luck has no choice to keep throwing on the ball. Ryan Grant's out. He'll get his opportunities.
1: This is, uh, bless your soul for having... Derek Anderson on any roster here in 2018, but I guess uh, you leave Derek Anderson
2: alone, Dan.
1: (laughs) Oh man, he's throwing for five touchdowns. Like it's it's like it is etched in stone that Derek Anderson's QB one this week. Uh, (laughs) It's gonna be an ugly game. And hey, you know, from a DFS perspective, you want to talk through the idea of Anderson at 4300 being viable. He, He. Sure, you know he's a cheap option that has the upside to potentially throw two or three touchdowns, and you probably want to take a swing at what wide receiver or or uh, piece you'd want on the other side. I guess it would be a Kelvin Benjamin at thirty five hundred, and hope that they just have some sort of rapport where Benjamin racks up the receptions. This is just ugly, but um, and Ty I, obviously at sixty two hundred, I think is gonna get uh, plenty of volume on, on Sunday coming off the hamstring injury. I think he's going to be a viable playing DFS as well at 6,200. Let's move on. I don't want to besmirch the name of Derek Anderson any further. I don't want to upset George, Um, but uh, let's go next to Detroit and Miami, the lions and uh, Miami uh, Detroit two and three Miami dolphins, the first place Miami dolphins in the AFC East. Uh, We have uh, yet again, a Brock party, uh, they're going to Brock out or sorry, rock out with their Brock out uh, Brock Osweiler under center uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And rumors starting to come out, George, that Ryan Tannehill's future with the team uh, is in doubt uh, that uh, the injuries have mounted. The price tag isn't worth it uh, and that uh, this could be his final season in Miami. Not sure if Brock Osweiler's their future plans, but uh, here we are with the uh, Osweiler under center again can you go that way in a 12 team league if if you're desperate do you feel confident enough that Oswald will put up positive points this week
2: uh i know he threw for, through for 380 last week all right i think he sold his soul to the devil i think it was pretty much you know midnight he was done uh pumpkin all that stuff no okay uh he's not as he's not one of those streaming quarterbacks i'm looking to grab this week detroit is coming off a bye has a they have a decent defense okay so uh, i think this will be uh a standard game for Brock. You know, I agree about, uh. I've been saying this for years, that Tannehill's not, a, you know, a franchise quarterback there, and they should move on when it was financially feasible to do so. And I think now it is. I think actually, they could have done it before this year. You know, I think sometimes, it's tough in the NFL. You know, to, uh are you jumping the gun too soon when you may, or make this kind of switch? You go from one quarterback to the next. Have you given him enough time? I understand it's a tough decision here. But with Ryan Tannehill, yeah, injury prone, just never really saw it here. I didn't think he was all that good. Not that he has the greatest weapons around him either, but uh, just didn't see it. I think tomorrow, Detroit. They have two problems. One, uh, on Johnson's a good running back. The problem is Blunt is going to vulture those touchdowns. It limits where you can put Johnson in fantasy. It puts him on that borderline running back two, running back three. When you take away the touchdowns, you know, those goal line touches, it limits his upside, which may be almost nil because he's not going to get those easy scores. He's got to run him from 10-plus yards out. Uh, and quite problem uh, two for Detroit is Marvin Jones. He's no longer the number two there. You know, right. Gallaudet has supplanted him. And Galladay actually may be the best receiver there. Gold Tate's going to get his catches in PPR. He's still He's still gold. But uh, Gall- I much prefer Galladay over Marvin Jones. Miami, I mean, Wilson, Stills, they're big plays. You need them to hit, fine. If they don't hit, not so much. Uh, so they problems. They're wide receiver threes for me uh, or flex plays at that. And the running game there is a problem, too. I mean, Gore and Drake, which one? You know, Drake, we saw him at the tears on the sideline last week. He had the to the six and yard line. Gore came to his defense. They're still using Drake. Uh, but not as but, but Gore still is taking away touches there. And a lot of touches at that, they're eating into each other. You know, they're cannibalizing. It's tough to start either one as more than a flex play.
1: Uh, I agree here. I also want to point out that uh, Albert Wilson was uh, one of the big Benefactors of Brock Osweiler last week uh, saw his targets jump from six to nine, and obviously had six receptions, 155 yards. And you look at that sort of box score and say, "Oh, you know, I got to you know play him again this week." Two of those scores were were off basically checkdown passes, and, and Wilson did the rest. So you could make the the jump and say, "Oh, you know, Wilson's skill set; he, he's very you know fast or you know elusive. So I'm going to go back to him." I just want to caution that 4K on DraftKings, you can take that risk. But it does seem like he is a, a low level, what, wide receiver three or four, you know, or flex, whatever you want to talk about there, um, at best from a season-long perspective. And I wouldn't read too much into a one-week sample here uh for the Miami Dolphins. Again, if it happens again this week and we start to talk about, you know, the chemistry between Brock Osweiler and Albert Albert Wilson, one, shoot me, but two, um, then you can start to uh discuss what, whether or not he is more viable as the season moves moves along but just want to throw that a little bit of water on that fire from uh, wilson from last week uh a little bit of caution there let's move on uh to our next game we talked to jets in minnesota already carolina and philadelphia philadelphia three and three carolina at three and two uh taking a look here across uh the stat, uh, sorry, the, the betting lines, 44.5 over under is the live total I'm seeing right now. You have the Eagles favored at minus 5. It opened at minus 4. Uh, this game in Philadelphia, Carson Wentz getting healthier each week. Uh, you do see a fairly cheap Cam Newton on DraftKings uh, as a potential play uh, simply because of his floor uh, with rushing the ball. What do you got here? Uh, this could be a fun sort of knock them down drag-it-out sort of defensive game, or we could see some skill players really step up. What do you got in this one?
2: I think this will be a football game, and what I mean by that is you won't see uh, the offense. You know, it won't be a 41-38 game. When the offense will go bananas here. I think it's going to be a, a football game. Both teams have good defenses, good offenses, so it should be a fun game to watch. And it's an important game in the NFC. Uh, I mean, the Eagles are three and three. I've, I don't know what the Carolina record is offhand, but they're right around that as well. It's a big game for both teams, the three and two offhand. Uh, so it's a big game for both teams. Carolina probably still upset they didn't pull out that last second victory over Washington last week. Uh, so good game here. Uh you're starting both quarterbacks, right? You you said it and I agree. Wentz it's starting to look like the Wentz we've come to expect. You're shaking off that rust playing better now. Uh Carolina Carolina really it's you're starting CMC, you're starting Cam Newton. You're probably starting Funches in most leagues. He's at least a wide receiver. Three flex play for you. That's it. I don't, I don't have anybody else in Carolina. I don't think I'll have anybody else most weeks there. You want to bank on more, good luck. Some weeks you're gonna get, some weeks you're not. Uh Philadelphia. The running game's a problem. Smallwood, Clement. I mean, Who do you like? Who don't you like there? It's the passing team. We know Doug Peterson likes to spread the ball around to both running backs so they'll both get some play there. Neither one's more than a running back three-flex play. Uh, Jeffrey's the receiver. (laughs) He's come back and he's scoring touchdowns. Wentz is looking for him. Aguilar doesn't look to be the same player he was last year. He was catching all those passes. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. But I'm starting Jeffrey over Aguilar pretty easily here. It's not even really a decision-making point there. I think it can come down to, are you starting Aguilar at all? I you know who? Once again, who's on your roster? Who can you start above him? He's far from I right. must start for me. Once again, flex play there, uh, and Ertz is starting. So it's it's funny for really two good teams. There's not really in my mind a whole lot of fantasy decisions to make here. They either have guys you're definitely starting, or guys you're not.
1: There's uh, obvious plays for Zach Ertz here, who has continued to be the sort of dominant tight end. You've seen his price point jump above. I mean, except for Eric Ebron. If want to go, I'm I'm kidding. Um. But this is a, still a good matchup here. 7,100 from a, a DK price point is a little bit steep to pay for uh, a tight end, but it's a position that's really struggled and one that you can make predictions about Trey Burton or David Andjuku or uh, even Rob Gronkowski at a cheaper price point. But uh, if you have a... a, a a thought here that Ertz struggles, stay away, but it does feel like another good spot for Zach Ertz and Wentz has continued to target him at a very high volume week over week. So uh, I'll be uh, at least trying to figure out if Ertz makes his way in. Um, overall here, what's your thought on on Cam Newton? Um, do you see this as a, a DFS play at a cheaper price point of 5900 or or do you see Philadelphia's defense being good enough to hold him in check?
2: Well, uh, what's in check? I mean, we know
1: what Cam— Right, uh, that's his, a good point. That's a good point.
2: We know what Cam—his accuracy is uh, lacking. You know, it, it's never, He's never been a very accurate quarterback. What makes him valuable in fantasy is he's going to run generally 40, 60 yards in games. If he gets in the end zone, I mean, you think about that. Uh, he runs 40 yards a game, gets in the end zone, that's 10 points right there. We're not even talking about his passing yet. So that's why he's valuable in fantasy, because he has a high floor. Even in his bad games, you can almost certainly still going to get double-digit points from him. He throws a couple of touchdowns. Now you're into the twenties, and you're fine. You're golden. Uh, so that's where Cam is. Could the Philadelphia defense keep him in check? The linebackers are athletic. They could keep his running in check. They could. Uh, Secondary is not very good. You know, that's where Philadelphia can be beat. We've seen that over and over again, and that's where I expect uh, Cam to try to attack them. But his accuracy is iffy. Olsen's back. That helped. It was sort of his, uh, you know, BFF there over the middle, but I don't think Olsen's anywhere near the player he used to be. Uh, You're starting, Cam. I mean, you are. I can't see how he's not a top-12 quarterback, but he's not a top-5 this week either. He's closer to 12 than he is to 5, but he's still a quarterback one.
1: We'll see how this game turns out. Should be a fun one to watch uh, with uh, the two quarterbacks under center there and two different styles of play, but should be a fun one to see. Uh, still plenty to get to here. The rest of the 1 o'clock, and we'll get down to the 4 p.m.s. We'll talk some DFS. We'll take a look at our poll uh, that we put up in the first hour and get some results uh, after this break. Plenty to get to here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz, coming back after this.